I just got done recording this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast, and let me tell you, you are about to have your socks blessed off. Today, I'm talking to Erin Washington, uh, also known as Squats and Margaritas on Instagram. She's a lifestyle blogger from Virginia, a former college athlete, and she talks today about how she really struggled with her weight and body image for 20 years after being an athlete. And what most of us don't think we can do, she did. She found her best body and her best life in her mid-30s after having two kids. She talks about this balanced lifestyle of squats and margaritas, and anybody who can simultaneously talk about margaritas and building your booty is my kind of person. So I talked to her today, and she has got some great tips and some wonderful motivation for women who are working out and not seeing results or struggling in that area of their life or really struggling in any area of their life. We get really deep, and this is not a conversation you're going to want to miss. You're listening to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski. It is my purpose in life to use the lessons I've learned from more than a decade of leadership experience in everything from business to politics to nonprofit and the military to help you become the leader you've always dreamed of having. Whether you lead a network marketing team, a Bible study, a global brand, or a family of four, Every week, I'm going to walk you through tangible ways to grow your influence and make your vision a reality. So if you're ready to drop the burnout and bullshit strategy you've been fed and design your own aligned leadership style, you're in the right place. Let's go. Erin, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am to have you on the show. I am so excited to be here and I need to share with you, I put Beyond Leadership Podcast in my notes and my phone auto-corrected it to Beyonce Leadership Podcast and I am prepared to dance or whatever you need me to do. I'm here for the Beyonce Leadership Podcast. I am here to be compared to Beyonce. <laughs> Literally says in my phone, Beyonce Leadership Podcast. Oh, so. fun. Well, we don't have to dance or do anything you don't want to do today, but uh, tell me, I guess, more about you, the stuff that's not in your official bio. Stuff that's not in my official bio. Um, I struggled for 20 years, 20, um, from about 16 to 36 with negative body image, every eating disorder you could imagine. I had all of them depression, um, just no self-worth. And there were many stages to it. Like I quit my soccer career in college. I dated my husband when he was in the prime of his career and I just never felt good enough. And I finally found my best self, which happened to come with my best body at 37 after having two kids. When I think a lot of women, you feel like your mom now, like now it's about your kids and like you had your time and Maybe you don't make time to go to the gym or make time for you, meditation, whatever you need, because you're a mom. And my message is it's not too late. You're not too old. You can change your life. Absolutely. And I so relate to that whole becoming a mom thing because 
before I was a mom, I was an army wife. Wow. And like I had my National Guard like side gig thing that was one week in a month, but I was in a place where I didn't have anything that was my own. I, I dabbled in network marketing. I did pretty well. But then once that was gone, once I decided that wasn't for me anymore, I was like, well, now I'm I'm an army wife and I'm a mom and that was it. Like if somebody asked me, who are you? That was my answer. I'm an army wife and I'm a mom. Yep. And after that, it was, I, I don't know. I know. You didn't have something for you. You didn't, you defined yourself as a mom, which I think most of us do. And honestly, that's all I wanted to be. Not that that's all. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. And I truly believed I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. That was going to fulfill me. And I think a lot of women find when your kids get a little bit older, where they're not nursing or, you know, like they don't physically need you, Mm -hmm. that you want something else. And I didn't see that coming. And I I didn't feel fulfilled just being home as a mom. Now, just having a podcast, having a brand, just having an Instagram page or a blog, like I get fulfilled when I just put out a post. Like I get like goosebumps. I'm like, like my blood is pumping and I feel like I'm putting something out that matters. And I, I need to do that. Like I, if I were like woke up every morning and didn't have that creative outlet where I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to my tribe of women that kind of like like-minded women, I, I wouldn't feel fulfilled. And I don't think that any women should feel guilty about it and finding your passion like later in life. Yeah. You can be a mom and you can do you and whatever it is that may be like, I didn't find this. And like I said, until I was 37, I never thought coming, but it's like, be open to the universe. Everybody has a story and your story may lead you to your next career or whatever it is that you should be doing. Can I just say, how old were your kids when you had this like epiphany that there's more? Good question. Um, pretty little. <laughs> it was, uh, didn't go over well at first. Because um, again, like I said, I'm just going to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, so I kind of, I got a taste. I used to be an athlete. And like I said, I quit mm-hmm. uh, soccer in college. And I got a kind of a taste of my athlete, like competitive edge coming back when I was six months postpartum with my first. So I did this little competition at Orange Theory in my gym. And I started feeling like I just had a baby and I won this competition. Like what else can my body do? And it started like the spark of training and, you know, getting him Mm -hmm. the best shape and finding my best self. But yeah, she was six months old and I didn't see it coming. Like I said, and it was very hard because you have the mom guilt of, I can't go to the gym. Like who's that's time away from my kids. But what I feel is if I don't go to the gym or for you, whatever it is, a meditation, a walk, something for you where you can go away and do something for yourself, you return back to your kids, a better mom. So the Mm -hmm. guilt of like getting a sitter so you can go to the gym or do whatever your thing is should be gone. I'm locked in with my kids because I don't have like a workout looming or, you know, something else. If if I set aside that time for myself, I'm a better mom. I'm not, I shouldn't have the guilt that I wasn't with them for that hour. Yeah, absolutely. I was four months postpartum when I finally decided to get my first full-time job out of the house in almost a decade. Yeah. Wow. Because it was not just like I... I needed something more, not that being a mom, like you said, isn't fulfilling. It's the greatest thing in the world. But my other thought was, what the hell happens if something happens to my husband? Wow. Like, how am I supposed to keep this baby alive? Because look, I've got everything he needs right now, but eventually he's going to need real food. (laughs) He's going to need bigger clothes. 
how, how do I survive and keep him alive? Yeah. And to me, that answer was adult contact out in the world, forcing my husband for the first time to move with me. Wow. So that we could make a career choice and a, a family choice based off of what I needed at the time. And how did that go over when you made this decision? <laughs> well, I kind of have this strong personality and I applied for a job and I got the job and it's it's a really great job. And I told him, I'm moving back to Wisconsin, where I'm from. Yeah. We were in Missouri at the time. I said, I'm moving back to Wisconsin. I'm taking Oliver. If you can join us, great. Oh my God. <laughs> and we were lucky enough that he, he was able to find a, a military job close by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was... I think he understood, like, I needed to do this, not just for the family, but also for me. Yes, 100%. But since I started that, it's been this this give and take of trying to find balance. <laughs> and for people who might not recognize the name Aaron Washington, you're also Squats and Margaritas yes. on Instagram. So full balance there, right? Squats and Margaritas. Total balance. And I realize that you say balance is bullshit. So we can, I, we right. can go there. <laughs> it is, it's very, I want to make it clear in my book is called Squats and Margaritas, A Journey to Finding Balance. I am still on that journey. I don't know if you're ever going to be completely balanced, but I became so much happier when I stopped obsessing and restricting. And I was in the gym seven days a week. I went in go out and have cocktails and wine because it was like calories and sugar. And I was miserable and I was 20 pounds heavier. So I found balance and I was like, this is amazing. Like I have to write this book for the woman who is working out seven days a week, like me, only eating salads, not eating snacks because it was like less calories for the day, essentially starving and frustrated that they're not losing weight. They're not seeing any, because for me, it was the weight loss. It shouldn't all be about a weight loss, but for me, I was frustrated that I was working so hard and what I thought doing everything right and not losing weight. So it was a frustration that spilled over into my relationships. And I, it, that was my thing. Like I couldn't lose weight. I was trying so hard. What I found is that when you are living in that stressed state that I existed in for decades, your body is so stressed out. It produces, it produces cortisol, which is a stress hormone that makes you hold on to fat um, mm -hmm. If you're under eating, you're starving and your body is trying to save you. So it stops working. Your metabolism just kind of shuts off. So I found that a balanced lifestyle, maybe four days a week in the gym, not seven. And if you're not in there seven, don't panic and be, I would just like, I'd be on vacation and be like, I got to get a run in. I was in a constant state of stress, work out a few times a week, have the indulgence that matters to you. For me, that is a margarita. I don't say, or for you, that may be my kind of people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, this is the thing. If you don't, you will be miserable. And at some point you're going to have it. And for me, what it used to be was if I had it, I was like, bah, I blew it. You know, I'm going to drink the rest of the weekend. Uh, like, and so I had a glass of wine. I may as well have a bottle of wine. It was like always a start over on Monday. Yo-yo cycle. If you allow for indulgences in your day, and you make a balance for it later. For example, like I always have something sweet with my coffee, but then I won't have, if there's like a cookie or something that comes in my kid's lunch, I'm not gonna eat that later because I had it in the morning. And if I have a beer at happy hour, um, I'm not gonna have a margarita with my dinner. You just have the thing that's important to you and balance it out with something that, may, that you could live without. And you're happy and your body trusts you again and your metabolism starts working cuz it's like oh we're eating now like you're listening to your hunger cues and eating intuitively 
it changed everything for me and I'm not working as hard. I'm not stressed out. I'm happier and I enjoy my life and I'm 20 pounds lighter than when I was in the gym every day. I love it. And I, I really keyed on when you said your body trusts you again, because just last week I was having this conversation with a friend. Now I'm a little bit heavier than I would like to be for, for hot mom summer, but (laughs) I ate nothing but salads for six days straight. And I was on the Peloton every single day. And then I gained five pounds. I had a cookie because it pissed me off that I gained five pounds. And you know what? Three days later, I was down six. I exactly. Women don't share this. Like, I feel like you see all the Instagram, like fitness models are always in the gym and it, it doesn't need to be that way. Like, yeah, there's, I talked to other people like trainers that were like, I was so, I was tracking all my calories and my fitness pal. And I was like, I'm stop this. And for a month, I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to track my calories and they lose weight because you stop restricting, you stop obsessing and you start listening to your hunger. Yeah. It's intuitive eating. If you are hungry, eat for so long, I would be hungry and be like, no, 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 it's not a meal time. It's going to be less calories for the day. I'll just wait till lunch. And that, but on the same token, when you're satisfied, stop eating. Like I, I hate wasting. So I would eat like every bite on my plate or kind of like zone out in front of the TV and I'm not even hungry. I'm just eating. So Finding that intuitive eating. If you are hungry, eat. It doesn't matter if it's a meal time. It doesn't matter. Sometimes I have two breakfasts because my metabolism works now. So before it'd be like, I already had breakfast. I don't care if I'm hungry. I'm not going to have another breakfast. It's not thinking of it that way. It's being intuitive, listening to your hunger cues, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're satisfied. You don't have to waste it. You can, I get fish tacos. I'll eat one. I'll take one home. I'll have one like before I'll have one for lunch, one before dinner when I want a snack, and then I'll eat one for dinner. So you don't have to waste anything. You don't have to eat it all in one sitting. I probably eat more. I know I eat more now, but I spread it out. I don't eat. I don't just bomb my body with three big meals. I, when I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm satisfied, I stop. And everything kind of leveled out. And I'm not miserable. Like you said, I, I'm not going to just eat a margarita because I'm pissed off. I'm going to have a margarita every day because that's what I want. And it keeps you on this healthy, balanced living like Mm -hmm. train because you're happy. And if you were miserable at some point, you're going to quit and you're not going to, it's not, it has to be sustainable. And the reason it's sustainable is because you allow for the indulgence that you want. So when do you think we forget that? Because as moms, right, we know my kid, you know, I offer my kid whatever's for dinner and he eats until he's not hungry anymore. I choose what he chooses, how much, And I know that about my two-year-old, but when do we as women forget that it actually applies to us too? Diet culture. It's so sad. Like as a teenager, you see like restrict your count, count your calories, calories in versus calories out. Like everything is, there's off limit foods. Like it's, it's diet culture and you still see it like at the grocery stores and you're with the saddest part about it is you're seeing somebody that's not even real, that's airbrushed and you're comparing yourself to that. And it's always like this airbrush model with this new diet, keto or whatever it is. And you feel like you don't look like that. So you need to do the diet and it's bullshit. Like, yeah. and I did it for so long and it, I, are you first born by chance? I am. All right. So <laughs> is it that obvious? I've done a lot of research as am I, and I have found that most firstborns, I'm sure it's not everyone, but most firstborn children have an obsessive perfectionist personality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For me, 
my obsession with being perfect and being for me perfect was skinny. Now it's just so stupid because it changes. Now I'm like, my butt will not grow. I'm trying to get this big butt. And before <laughs> I just wanted to be like straight up and down. But anyway, I, I was so obsessive with getting skinny and you think like you're a perfectionist. Like I always wanted A's on tests. I would go and retake them if I didn't. When you're that way, it can turn into something dangerous and it can be a good thing, but it can be taken too far. And for me, it was taken to bulimia, anorexia. Like I took it too far with my obsessive personality and you just have to be aware of that with all the diet culture and messaging out there. If you have a child, maybe it's your firstborn who's susceptible to that messaging and is perfectionist and obsessive, it's scary like where they can take it. Because I had three younger sisters, none of them dealt with eating disorders. They loved themselves, no kind of, no self-worth. No, it was only me. And people ask like, did your mom diet growing up? Like your eating disorders. She did, but it only affected me. She threw three other girls in the house that her dieting mm -hmm. didn't affect. So I've, I've learned a lot about like firstborn obsessive perfectionist personalities. When you see that messaging, you kind of like, okay, and you obsess and you try to attain it. And like I said, it can be good for certain things. Like you go and retake a test and get an A and my sisters were like, whatever, like I got to be, why would I retake it? So that's it. But it can also make a left and go somewhere dangerous. Yeah. So for those people listening who maybe it has gone too far, or maybe it's not even the, the diet culture, but something's gone too far. How can we pull back? Like what skills did you use to pull back from that ledge? Because obviously you are happy, healthy, successful now, but that obviously wasn't always the case. It was not always the case. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I started obsessing about something else and my eating disorder fell away. I started dating my husband and he was an NFL player and he was in the prime of his career. And my obsessive personality kind of shifted from my counting calories and my eating, my binges and purges to making sure he wasn't cheating on me and going on all the websites and making sure, you know, I got obsessive about him when we were dating. And honestly, it was like my eating disorder kind of fell away. And so now I say, <laughs> if you do have this obsessive personality, channel it into something positive. <laughs> like, Don't like stalk your husband or anything, but if you can channel it into something else you enjoy, painting, go for a run, do, I don't know, veg out in front, watch a show that you like, and you start focusing on that. For me, again, I'm not a professional. I, I don't have any training in it, but I've, I found that if you have an obsessive personality, obsessing on something else or throwing yourself into something else to kind of take that headspace where before it was just binge purge. That's all I thought about and obsessed over. You have to find something else and kind of throw yourself into that. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's yeah. the professional Talking answer. Your not recommended. No, don't <laughs> hire a PI. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you really need to stop your eating disorder, no, it, it's an obsession into something positive, but I have to be honest with you. That's when it stopped. When I, was my mind went somewhere else because it takes over your entire life. All mm -hmm. I would think about was the next time I could binge and purge. And a lot of it happens like uh, when you have an identity change. And for me, I played soccer since I was four and I quit in college because I, was, I wasn't playing and I was pissed off. I was working so hard. So I quit. And then it was like for my whole life, I was like soccer, soccer. Like I would, I'm going to the school for soccer and I didn't have that anymore. So it was like, what else? And I fell into depression. Mm -hmm. um, it could be any kind of identity change, like a, a loss of a marriage or like, I mean, a divorce, a move. 
you're when you're in a new environment or you're identifying as something else, that's when you can be susceptible to something like an eating disorder. So you just have to watch that. Like that's that's what yeah. happened for me. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a, a negative change either. Exactly. Having a kid, happy change, moving, presumably happy change, right? These are all things that can really mess with our minds and cause us to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And I, I found anxiety uh, when I had it my first <laughs> that I Whoa. didn't know I had. Um, you until have anxiety they, too? <laughs> oh, I am um, medicated for my anxiety and I just started um, therapy. And so good. I, oh my God. Now I'm like, I, it's like such an indulgence. I'm like, when, when do I talk to her this week? Like I never, I'm about to be 40 and I've never uh, talked to anybody and she has helped me. I'm always 150 miles an hour. And I always, I've also been diagnosed as hypervigilant. I don't know if you have this, but things have to be happening or I cannot relax. If I go for a run, I, I start the dishwasher or if I like something else has to be like, I have to be checking things off a list. And she's like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just feel, I feel better. And she's like, breathe. Why? Like, why does it, why does the playroom have to be clean for you to be able to relax? Why? And when you think about it, I was like, she's like, does your husband come home and be like, why is this playroom not clean? And I was like, absolutely not. It's me. And she's like, you are putting this pressure on yourself and this high stress on yourself and no one else, like for no reason. And like, she's like, you can't clean the playroom today. And I was like, well, I have to, because I can't. And she's like, no, you're not cleaning the playroom. So I was like, well, then I can't walk that way because I'm going to have a panic attack. It just makes me feel better when things are in order. And she's like, I'm going to show you that with the playroom is messy, everything is still fine. You don't have to load the dishwasher before you go to bed. Cause I'd be like, I can't, when I wake up, it's the first thing that I'm going to see. So I'm going to, she's like, no yeah. dishes in the morning. Everything's going to be fine. I actually, when I did that exercise, found out I had more energy in the morning and I just did them real quick. And I wasn't like hit in the face with them. Like I always thought I would be. But this anxiety that just like I feel like things just need to be done and there's so much on my plate, it happened after I became a mom. And of course, you are anxious about like what, what can happen to your kid. Like I was sitting on a plane and you go through all the scenarios. I was like, well, it wasn't even like a crash. It was like, what if everyone stands up at the same time and I can't get like, where will I take her? I just had all these scenarios and anxiety when I became a mom and became responsible for another person. And I'm dealing with it now in therapy. Good. Good. I think we all should. Therapy is so underutilized. Yes, because it's the stigma. Oh, you have a therapist, you have therapy, and I won't cancel it. I'm like, no, I have therapy, and I've just embraced it. You have to, if people just started talking about it more. I found that with my eating disorder. Like, so many women uh, reach out to me and they're like, you're the first person I've ever told I was bulimic because you said it. Then it's such a like shameful thing to admit. You don't want anybody to know that about you. But when you do, you find it allows other people to like feel safe with you. And come to their truth. And I feel like once you share your thing, for me, it was my my eating disorders, that big thing, nothing seems like daunting or scary anymore. I share everything now. I feel lighter. And it's just like, if you're living with something that you need to tell someone or you need to get off your chest, even if it's just a therapist, you don't have to do it pub like on a public forum, but it's just made me connect to so many other people that are like me too. And if people would just say it, and own it and be authentic, you, you know, it's not just you. And you learn that because it gives the other person like the opportunity to do the same thing. Yeah. For the longest time, I didn't tell my friends. I didn't even tell my mom how many times I had gotten pregnant before we had our son Wow, because I was ashamed and embarrassed that I kept 
losing pregnancies. Come to find out it is possibly the most common thing that I come across now. And it's not even something I talk about regularly, but you know, that's part of my story. That's why I left my network marketing business because I fell into a horrible deep depression because I lost a child. And I didn't tell anybody that. I was just like, oh, I quit. But yeah. now I freaking own it. Like, yes. this is why. This is what I've done to seek help. Oh, wait, you too. We're not alone. We're in the shittiest club in the world, but we're not alone. No, right. And it would probably allow somebody else to share it. Because like you said, mm-hmm. you didn't tell anybody. Nobody tells anybody. And if we were just own it, everybody, no one would feel alone anymore. I just like, mm-hmm. it's going to go like deep. But I just feel like life is so... Sure, we have one shot at this. Like you're one shot at this year, like of my 40th year. Like I just don't want to live with anything weighing me down. Like secret, own it, share it all, move on. And like, just don't don't have any regret about it because you never know who you can help just by sharing it. Somebody else has been keeping it in and maybe not only will have like lessen your load and make you feel better, but you could, the other other people that will see you and feel like they can share it too. And it'll change their life. Like everyone needs to be authentic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Gone are the days of having a perfectly curated Instagram feed with everything airbrushed and using the same, like it's exhausting. And it's yes. And you're comparing to somebody who is filtered and it makes, um, I have a five and a half year old daughter and everything that I dealt with in my like younger years, like what she, there was no social media. What she's Mm going to have to deal with makes me, sparks my anxiety a little bit because it's it's not even real and everybody's putting out, it's their, like, what does my husband say? You're like your resume, you're only putting out like something you'd put on a resume. You're not sharing everything. And if you're not going to share everything, then nobody's life is like that. And I feel like the people that, the moms that have the best following on Instagram are the ones that share it all and are authentic because other people can see themselves in that. Even though, yeah, I'll see a beautiful Instagram page sometime and be like, oh man, like mine doesn't look like that. If so many followers, you get wrapped uh, up. Well, mm-hmm. that would mean hiding A, B, C, and D, and that would make me feel like shit. Because that person still hasn't gotten to the point where they're sharing A, B, C, and D. And that was me for so long. Like nobody, I just sit down with my parents before my book came out and be like, so I wrote a book and you guys are going to learn a lot. They had no idea. Because like, I, you keep it all in and it's just so freeing and like, you have everything you have, like everything that I, about me, you have it. So it's like, what are your secrets? Like I'm out, like, this is everything about me. It just makes you like, I don't know, like any other women that aren't authentic. It's like, what are you, why would you live that way? First of all. And like, what are you hiding? That's that big. Somebody else is going to be able to relate to it. Get it out. Like, so that we can all just like build a community of women. We're all the same. We all stress the same things. We've all been through the same things and it doesn't need to be it's hard because you see those perfect pages that we're talking about. They have like a million followers. So you're like, well, maybe that's what people want to see. But I say, look at it. Don't look at your followers. Like look at your messages, like your direct messages of people that are like Mm. your book changed my life or your, you sharing about your bulimia, like caused me to get help. Like those, that's what matters. And the followers will come. Yes. So if you had one tip for the women listening today, on whether it's how to be more authentic, how to be, how to find balance. What's, what's the one thing that you want everyone to take away? The first thing is get off the scale. Anybody that's struggling with like body image and weight loss, I, the scale, 
I could get on in the morning and if I had gained an ounce, I would have a shitty day. And if I had lost a little bit, I would have a great day. That determined my mindset. If you don't get on, you're not going <laughs> to stress it anymore. It's not about the scale and it's about moving your body, doing something every day that makes you feel good. And it's very hard at first to get started on a fitness program or start on a, like a, a routine with a trainer. So it doesn't need to be that. Start just drinking a little bit more water. Start walking around the block. And when you start to see changes, then you'll want to take on more. You matter too. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've been through. You can turn around your life at any age. I had a woman on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. She's 75 and she is like an elite athlete, like power lifter. And she started working out at 70. What? And she was like, yeah, I, w I had all these heart problems and stuff. And I, I was like, you need to come on because anybody that's like, well, I'm in my forties now, you know, I don't really have time. She was <laughs> 70. Like it doesn't matter. And you, once you start feeling better in your body, it will just reflect onto your relationships, like your mindset, it's endorphins, like it can change everything. So focus on yourself, do something physical for yourself every day. Um, don't feel guilty that you took time for yourself because I, I mean, I still do even like I've been doing a podcast, like my kids are I'm like one second. And then I feel like I'll go over and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, but you're allowed to have a life and do something that is an outlet for you. And I believe that doing that will make you a better mom. You're going to return to them with like completely locked in and high energy and happy. Whereas if you didn't have it, I was just like a, just mope around the house, like groundhog day every day, like picking up the toys. But now I have something for me and it doesn't have to be anything on a large scale. Do something for you. Preferably, I like to do it in the morning to just kind of get your day going. If you're a mom that feels like they don't have time for themselves, you have to set an alarm as much as it pains me to say it, because then there's no excuse. You get up, you do your thing, whatever that is, a workout, and then you are ready for the rest of the day. It's not looming over you anymore and you can lock in with your kids. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today. Like this is, I was telling you earlier, but this was seriously a huge ask for me. Oh. I had to like wait and get up the nerve and I'm so glad I did it because so the conversation was so fun. Oh my gosh. It was so fun. I'm so glad that you asked me. I love being a guest because then I don't have to like think of all the things like when yeah, you're, now you when don't you're have to edit it. Yeah. No, I love to be on it. Like this is, I love it. Beyonce leadership. Beyonce leadership. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why my phone thinks that I would be on the Beyonce, but maybe someday, maybe um, I'm putting it it's out. It's manifesting. Your phone is manifesting. <laughs> I'm manifesting. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Sarah May Ski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.